0: Welcome to the Nurse and Midwife Support Podcast, Your Health Matters. I'm Mark Aiken, the podcast host. I'm the Stakeholder Engagement Manager with Nurse and Midwife Support, and I'm a registered nurse. Nurse and Midwife Support is the national support service for nurses, midwives, and students. The service is anonymous, confidential, and free, and you can call us anytime you need support. 1 800 667 877 or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au. Welcome to this edition of the Nurse and Midwife Support podcast, Your Health Matters. It's great to be here today to talk about support for graduates. And we're going to have a great conversation with two graduates, Francis and Robin and our co-host for the day, Celeste. So welcome
1: to you all, and hello.
2: Hi, Mark, thanks for having us here. Hello, thank you.
1: Thank you, Mark, for inviting me, and thanks, Celeste, for being here.
0: I'd like to begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which each of us are listening from, and I pay my respects to First Nations elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening today. So today, we're going to talk about all things support for graduates. And we know that the graduate year can be a time of excitement, anticipation, challenges, and for some, fear and trepidation. But we're hoping to demystify all that today and share some support Tips, resources and strategies will assist you to have a great grad year. So to do that, as I said, we've got two fabulous graduates in their grad year at the moment, Frances and Robin, and Celeste is going to tell you a bit about what she does with nurse and midwife support. So Celeste, I might start with you and you can give a little bit of background.
2: Yeah, great. No no worries. Thanks, Mark. My name's Celeste. I'm a registered midwife. I work for the nurse and midwife support line as a telephone clinician. I also work for the nurse midwife health program of Victoria as a senior clinician offering counselling to nurses and midwives. And I work casually in at a few hospitals across Melbourne. So that's me.
0: Thanks, Celeste. Francis, would you like to tell our audience a bit about yourself, please? Oh yeah, for sure. Thank you. So
1: my name is Francis and I am currently a graduate registered nurse here in Bendigo and it is an exciting moment and a highlight for me this year because it is where definitely I have consolidated my learning that I've learned from university and still learning and I'm very happy and excited to keep learning. Every day is, is new and there's you know, like there's always something to learn every day. So I'm, I'm excited for this brand year and the next year to come. Thanks, Francis And Robin, a bit
0: about you.
3: Hi, everyone. My name is Robin. I'm also a graduate nurse this year. However, I am working in Melbourne. A little bit about me. Um, I did my undergrad degree in Geelong. I worked at the rooston as an undergraduate as well, which I really enjoyed. And, yeah, I moved to the big city as well as starting my grad year at the same time. So my year has definitely been eventful, but I uh, wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Thanks, Robin. And for those people who aren't in Victoria and don't have the sense model, can you explain a little bit about that Roussant model, what it is, Robin?
3: Yeah, sure. So, they then for registered undergraduate student of nursing, and now originally, I got my job in 2020, and when I saw the job advertisement, I thought, oh, my gosh, like, why didn't anyone think of this? You know, like, <laughs> this is such a good idea to have students in the hospital setting. And, yeah, so I started my job, and basically uh, I was part of the COVID uh, rapid response team. We were swabbing. We were vaccinating when the vaccines came out. A lot of my work also consisted on consisted on being on the wards I worked in ICU and ED. I got to, yeah, basically just help out registered nurses, help with pressure area care, hygiene. We stocked up, we, yeah, did a little bit of running around for everyone. It was a really good experience and just, you know, getting to experience that hospital setting and the hospital dynamic before becoming a graduate was really beneficial.
0: And do you think that some um, helped you in your grad year, Robin?
3: Definitely. I think that, you know, having, As I just said, like having seen how the hospital works, like having that hospital dynamic in the back of my mind, like even if I am at a different hospital now, it kind of is the base, like it's a baseline everywhere, the foundation. So like having that experience was really good. It was less daunting kind of walking in. But yeah, I think like, you know, it definitely made me more confident as a grad, like confident to speak up, confident with my communication with multidisciplinary team yeah and obviously, getting to work with patients firsthand for as an employed as an employee, yeah, that was really beneficial as well, because I know that sometimes on placement you don't really get that whole experience as in you know, you're only there for a brief amount of time through you might make a connection with someone for four weeks and then you have to go and you never see them again. But yeah, you know being being there all the time and working. Yeah, just having those relationships with patients definitely made me a better nurse today, I think.
0: And how would you say your grad year has been for you today, Robin? Like, what are some of the highlights and what were some of the challenges?
3: Yeah, so I'm actually in my second rotation now, and the last few months have been a little bit difficult, but I'm still enjoying the ward. It is very heavy, uh, but Lots of learning opportunities, lots of learning experiences, and you know, when I have those hard days, I just tell myself like, it's a learning opportunity, it's a learning experience. Like, it will get better. It,
2: <laughs> like,
3: I'll be a better nurse because I have experienced this. But yeah, like my first rotation, I was really lucky. I was on a surgical ward, it was like mixed surgical. So in a in a shift, I would look after an orthopaedic, a urology. Uh, general surgery and a med unit patient and so I feel like in my first six months I got exposed to lots of diverse patients, lots of different presentations which was really good, gave me like a world of knowledge (laughs) in a lot of different things, a jack of all trades as they say but yeah so first rotation was really amazing, amazing staff on the ward, really enjoyed like having those diverse patients every day and now I'm currently working on orthopedics and trauma, and it's still a great ward. I do enjoy being there, but I think the transition and has hit me a little bit harder than I than I expected, yeah.
0: Oh, thanks, Robin, for sharing that. What I really picked up there was the kind of difficult element and the, the transition challenges. I hear that a lot, actually. So what I think would be useful for people is to explore that a bit and, like, when it's got difficult or you've felt that transition um, challenge, and some people describe transition shock that um, grads experience, particularly as they go from student to graduate, and obviously they're completely different roles. So when it's been difficult or you've felt that transition challenge, what has actually been helpful for you in that moment like and what's given you support
3: um so at my hospital we do grad debriefs, uh which have always been really useful um the educators on my ward are absolutely amazing and I feel like I can go and speak to them when I need something so I'll use I'll, I'll go and have a chat to them as well yeah definitely make friends with your yeah, educators <laughs> they'll be your best friend <laughs> biggest support. Also going and speaking to my peers, like other graduates, and just being like, oh, you know, like this is my shift. I don't know how to debulk this. I don't know what even happened. And just kind of getting an, another perspective on it and kind of having that reassurance. You know, like I've had shifts where I haven't even realized how stressed I've been and like someone, you know, will be in the middle of a role or something and someone looked at me and being, was like, You are doing such a good job. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Like, just having that validation and recognition of, like, you know, that your experience and your feelings are valid is really important. And so, having those people around you that can give you that and that you can give to them in return is also really good.
0: Yeah, great points, Robin. So, a big shout out to all our grad educators. Coordinators and supporters out there. Thank you very much for what you're doing to support our graduates. I think um, sometimes we don't all get enough positive feedback and validation. As Robin says, it's vitally important. So a big thank you to you all and to all of you grads listening. Thank you very much for embarking on your careers and being part of the nursing and midwifery professions. I want you to know that we see you and we care for you and we support you you may not always feel that but support is there and nurse and midwife support is certainly a big part of the support that we can offer you so contact us anytime you need support 1-800-667-877 or via the website nmsupport.org.au we have some great resources to support graduates on our website we'll be putting them in as links to the show notes of this podcast and um, reach out sooner rather than later. No issue is too big or too small, and our registered nurses and midwives who answer the phone understand the world that you live and work in. So, Francis, over to you. What has your graduate been like for you?
1: It's been amazing overall. Uh, I honestly had a you know, I had a difficult time during my first rotation due to some personal and you know life factors that's been through that I have been through. And the first rotation was a bit of a like difficult for me because I'm still, you know, impacted to that life issues or concerns. And so but however, like you know, I had great support from the nurses that I was working with in the ward and especially my Nurse educator, and I agree with Robin. Like you know, you you need to make friends with your nurse educator because they are the ones who will support you and they're the ones who would advocate you as a student. Because oh, sorry, as a nurse, actually, because you're already a registered nurse as a in this program. So sometimes you are not being listened because sometimes it's like a hierarchy, and graduate nurses sometimes like feel like you're in the lower rank, and uh, your suggestions, for example. Or your, even your experience, your little experience, is not really being seen as uh, important. I'd say I came into or transitioned into nursing as a mature um, student, and I had experience in in aged care, and that really have helped me a lot to you know see myself and become as a registered nurse. So I would advocate to those who are still doing their undergraduate nursing to do a Rusan russum or even like like what we call here like assistant in nursing or health services assistant and I was one of them and it really have helped me to see what what nurses do in the hospital and it helped me of like yeah I would like to become that kind of nurse very passionate and you know very clear when it comes to their communication it has helped me to this program this year so Overall, I had an amazing program. Like this second rotation, I requested personally because I'd like to work in mental health. Uh, last year, I was in the verge of thinking, should I go straight into mental health nursing or should I really want to, or would I really want to, you know, like uh, do into my medical nursing, medical surgical nursing. And this rotation, I can just see myself working in here and I'm loving it. And like, what i have learned from my previous rotation i was able to apply everything and I'm still i'm still learning and you know, every day is a is a learning process you will still forget little things and basic like nursing care so yes it has been roller coaster so but at the end like it's definitely worth it i would say because as as what i mentioned earlier like this is where you transition your or like you consolidate all your learning from university and to being a registered nurse thanks
0: Francis for sharing that I think you make a very good point actually is that inevitably many of us through certain points in our career and even in our grad year we will experience personal issues hiccups challenges that of course will make our grad year potentially or points in our career a bit more challenging. And so I think it's vitally important that if that happens in your life, that you just acknowledge acknowledge that you're human and that we're all vulnerable. And we ran a campaign with the ANMF Vic branch called You're Only Human. And I think it's a reminder to nurses and midwives to recognize that. You know, we are nurses and midwives and we're incredible people and we're really respected by the community for the work we do. But at the end of the day, we're human and so we have all the vulnerabilities and frailties of any other person and that's okay. So what we promote is acknowledging that, being gentle with yourself and reaching out for support whenever you need it. And also what we advocate is checking in with yourself regularly and each other and asking that really important question am I okay and if you're not okay reach out for support we're here and if you notice a colleague's not okay ask them you know discreetly of course that really important question are you okay and often that will be the lifeline that people need to get support and the help they need so great points Francis. Francis what did you find most challenging have you found most challenging in your grad year? And indeed, what have you found most supportive?
1: Uh, I'll start with challenging because the first because I started, like it was a challenge for me, like in this first rotation. And the most challenging was like, you're not really being considered as a nurse when, you, when you're going through personal issues and you have some mental health issues that you're dealing with. And I'm not talking about like, big issues here we're talking about like so for example you have some symptoms of depression or anxiety and graduate nursing program can be really you know nerve-cracking experience for everyone because you know you are expected to do everything as a registered nurse and the most that I would was probably avoiding was to make a mistake in, in terms to like medication error, for example, or anything to do with patient safety. That was like the most fearful moment, you know, before I start my graduate nurse program. And, you know, we are, as I mentioned earlier, we are human beings and we are going to make mistakes. And I would say that I am not the best nurse uh, out there However, like, you know, who who among us have not make, made a mistake in our career? And I'm not saying here that, you know, big mistakes, but, you know, little mistakes. You forgot something, for example, like signing, signing off a drug that you have given, for example, or even checking an insulin because you're just getting into that routine and you're just like, oh, OK, I forgot something. So it's important that it is actually important to check into yourself. That's absolutely correct. I would agree with that. You know, how am I doing? How am I traveling? Before you go and say, how are my patients? Because most importantly, it is us. We need to look after ourselves. Sometimes we We forget to do that. We just like give, give, give. We care a lot, but we actually don't see and care ourselves as well. So I think that was my most challenging part of it was when someone's going through some mental health issues, for example, or, for example, you're going through some time management at home, because I have, heard, you know, friends of mine who are already in this program, and it is very hard to for for those um, nurses who have kids because, you know, they have to drop off their children or they have to pick them up, and the time, like, from 7 to 3.30, it's really hard to fit it all in. And I think that is getting them a lot of, you know, like tall as well. Like I have spoken to one of the nurses and she said, like, I'm, I'm actually stressed because of this situation it's just be, be becoming too much. I love my career, but it's just a bit, a bit too much because of my family responsibilities and roles. So personally, that would be my challenge is, you know sometimes you're not being heard as a graduate nurse. And however, on the other hand, the graduate program is it's like one size fits all but you know it, it is good in a way but it isn't as well so the nurses 100 percent, i love the nurses that i'm working with they are my greatest support in in the world because if i have questions for example like i know how i've done this before i just want to make sure that you know i just i'm doing the right thing can you please um, show me again or help me get through this process because it's been quite a long time and there are nurses out there would be willing straight away and say, like, look, I have time for you, I'll go and help you. And I think that is helping me a lot because that is absolutely gaining my confidence of my career. Because the graduate program is meant to be, you know, investing for those newly grads, so that you know, we, we'd have better nurses in the future. And that's how I felt to those nurses who would be there for me to support me and help me some, give me some tips and Give me some suggestions for next time how am i going to do about it so yeah so i i love i love when i'm being supported <laughs> who doesn't anyway
0: Ah, oh, absolutely, Francis. Support is everything. And um, there's a lot of support out there. So reach out whenever you need it. And if you are looking for something specific and you don't know what it is, then give Nurse and Midwife Support a call and we'll help you figure it out. 1-800-667-877 or talk to a trusted friend, colleague, or educator or manager. And Robin, back to you. What did you find most challenging and supportive?
3: Most supportive, definitely like having those connections with other grads, like having connections with my uni friends, my Roushon friends, you know, I have an endless list of people I can reach out to and talk to about my day, my shift, like whatever's going on in life. So that's really nice. I guess most supportive in the workplace, like there are so many supports, as Frances said, and you did as well, Mark. You know, at my hospital, we have a wellbeing team. We have peer support. There's also employee assistance program, which is an external program that you can call in. Like, you can still talk to nurses and stuff. At my hospital, we do a lot of in services around, how would you say, like different behaviors we experience. So, um, we have a sexual health nurse and, or a sexual safety nurse, I should say. And, She is absolutely amazing and she um, has taken us through some in-services in regards to like patient behaviour as well, which I've also found really supportive. I've also found really helpful, like my educators, as I said earlier, you know, they're always around, always checking in on you, which is really nice. There never goes a shift where I don't see an educator. My ward also has an after-hours nurse specialist that's on and they also look after our students, which is great, our uh, students, grads. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's an endless amount of support out there and I've been really lucky to get to experience that firsthand. But it's also just a matter of remembering like those supports might not, you might not be able to see those supports unless you speak out and say, you know, I need help. Which is always one of the hardest things to do, I think. But yeah, I loved how much support I've had in my grad year, especially from like other nurses on the ward and yeah, everyone else I mentioned just then. Um, I guess something really challenging is, and I no one really talks about it, but is like, uh, I mean, the transition shock from going between wards. So I know a lot of people talk about transition shock from student to grad which is yes the biggest thing it is you know you don't really understand it until you're going through it you're like oh yeah I like transition shock, and then you start going through it and you're like oh my god and the anxiety sky high yeah it's a lot the transition shock from student to grad but also like you know once you transition wards you know you've had that first six-month period where you've been on a ward, you've gotten really comfortable with the procedures on that ward, you know, how the ward dynamic is, how it functions, just like the little details. And then, you know, you stop at six months. You basically, you're a registered nurse, you know what you're doing on the shift, all of that. And then you, you know where everything is. And then you get picked up and pulled out and put in a different environment, a different ward. And having to re-navigate that ward is so hard. Like, I'm still trying to navigate um, my new ward at the moment. But it's definitely a valuable experience, but it is very difficult. And so I advise everyone to make sure that they have their supports ready and, you know, they've got their interventions and coping mechanisms in place during that time. Because I think that that was probably the hardest transition that I've gone through this year.
0: Thanks, Robin. You make some very good points. I'm really glad you brought up transition shock because it is a a, a very real experience that people have. Can we talk about that a bit more, please, so that we kind of flesh it out what it is? And so, like, how would you actually describe it? Robin and indeed francis feel free to to come in here if you've experienced it too. Like what how do you feel like when you're going through that that shock? Because the way I hear it from grads is it really is like having a shock experience. Like if you're almost on the roadside and you're, you know, just about to cross and a car whooshes by trying Mm. to beep the light and you know, your body goes into shock. Is it that sort of shock or is it different?
3: I think with the transition shock that I experienced, so I've experienced it twice now, um, having come from student to grad and then the change of board. So in the first setting, so in the first, like, three weeks of my grad year, just, like, it was, like, this anxiety that just was continuously building up. And it, it would always be there, like, every shift. You know, you kind of start with it and then something would happen in the shift and it would literally just skyrocket. It's like the reason I think is because, you know, you have that, you it sort of like settles in and you're like, oh, I'm the only person looking after these four patients. If anything goes wrong, it's on me sort of thing. You know, you have that weight and that responsibility after three or four years of your undergrad where you've always had other nurses with you, you've always been supported. I'm not saying you're not supported in the first three weeks, but, you know, having that realisation that, you know, those four people are under your direct care and you are the sole nurse looking after them. I think that having that realisation and sort of trying to navigate that emotion while, you know, still trying to navigate how to actually be a, a registered nurse how to you know finish a med round before nine o'clock, how to communicate with patients and families and teams and get used to the hospital that you're working in. Like while trying to navigate all of that, you also need to <laughs> like come to the realisation that you're responsible for these patients. And so yeah, it's um it's a shock. It really is a shock. And you'll I experienced a lot of imposter syndrome and it came and went. It was sort of like Some days I would start a shift and I'd be getting handover and I just felt incompetent. I was like, I'm not the right person for this. I can't be doing this job. I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know. Oh, like they're going to see through me. I'm not good enough to be here. You know, just all of those negative things going through your head. But at the end of the day, like you need to pull yourself up on that communication in like that internal monologue and just sort of be like, you know, I worked hard to be here. This is where I'm meant to be. I'm doing everything I can right now. And, you know, if you are stressed because you don't know how to do something, go and ask for help. Everyone is there to help you and make sure you survive your year. you know, and not just survive, but thrive in it as well. I guess so that, that's probably the first transition shock. Um then stepping into like the change of wards. I think it's with that transition, it's more a culture shock because you've been somewhere for six months, you've learned how you've learned you know all the people there, you know um the people you can go to help for, you know the dynamic of the ward, how it works, how things like to be done, you know where everything is, and you sort of have that routine in place. And then as I said, you know, you get picked up and moved and then you have to navigate all of that again. You know, you have to find the people that you can talk to, find the people that you can approach and ask for help. You have to, you know, re like relocate yourself, like re-navigate the ward, find out where everything is. And those first few weeks can be really hard as well. I experienced a lot of imposter syndrome again in my second rotation. And the other thing is, you know, like the patient presentations are going to be different as well. And so... There'll be a lot of new terminology you don't understand. And Yeah, just, just it's the whole thing trying to navigate a new ward. But it is possible and you will get through it. And it's just important to remember, you know, to remember those supports that you have in place and reach out and ask for the help you have that you do need. And definitely, like, while all this is happening, you know, you need to make sure you're looking after yourself on the outside, like outside of work as well, because you work to live you don't live to work
1: yeah
0: yeah good advice robin and for those of you don't know what imposter syndrome is we'll put some information up as part of the show notes for this podcast but the way i see it is that you end up in a position or a role and you have self doubt, and you actually don't think that you can do the job, or that you actually, in some cases, don't think you should or deserve to be there. Would Francis, Robin, you or, or, or Francis add anything different to that?
1: Absolutely. Like there is definitely an imposter syndrome going on to every graphic nurses, I would say. I experienced that myself. And I think the most important value that I've learned from my university that I went through was we can't teach you everything. They always say that, but we are here to tell you or to teach you where to find it. So say, for example, like a medication, there's plenty of medications and it's going to be updated every year. So they have given us an access to, let's say, MIMS online or AHM and this is where we find the medications and if you have trouble remembering them. And there are five strategies to, to beat imposter syndrome. And I have I have seen this a great resource from Australian College of Nursing. And this is one of the this is one of the value that my university has taught me is to you know look for, you know, to reach out for your networks and you know look look out for the for the answers to your questions. And I found this strategy helpful. First, is you need to acknowledge your achievements because definitely that will give you back your confidence. Because this is where the impulsive syndrome is coming in: is you are becoming less and less, and you would recognize that you actually have studied for three years. You actually went to your placement, you submitted your assessments, and you have research, and you have, these are evidence-based research that you have written up and you have submitted to your you know university. So. Firstly, is you need to acknowledge that you actually have those backing up for you. You have those skills. You have those knowledge. You have those skills. It might not be perfect. It might not be like strong, but you have those skills. And most importantly, is I have what Robin have mentioned as well is we need to let go of our sense of perfectionism because sometimes we look at ourselves like we're nurses. We're not meant to make mistakes, you know. 100% when it comes to medication, definitely. And when it comes to patient safety, definitely 100%. However, like we are also graduate nurses. We are learning every day. And I'm not saying that we we need to allow mistakes. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that we need to let go of those little things that say like the attitude of saying should um, I have learned this from Um, recently that, you know, we we shouldn't be saying, should, I should have done this, I should have done it that way. However, we need to see ourselves and say, all right, well, next time I could do this possibly, or I could possibly do it in a different way. So, you know, let go of this perfectionalism mentality. And, of course, like seek support from, you know, other nurses who are already, you know, that you can trust, basically. Either they are younger nurses or they are like the older nurses on the floor they are your greatest supporters in the world and you know you will learn that as you go along with your um, say for example engineering next rotation you will you know even in your first rotation in a way like you you are still like trying to observe and trying to you know learn everyone like who you can who you can trust and open up about your You know, you can be vulnerable as you can be to these nurses and they will be there to help you because we are, you know, we are human beings. We, we, You know, it is a profession where we we care and it it involves with feelings and emotions. And so seeking support from nurses who would give you that confidence, I think that would help you build up uh, a successful nursing graduate program.
0: Great advice, Francis and Robin. Thank you. And a really important conversation. And Celeste, I'll bring you in here to um, ask some questions.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Thanks so much so far, Francis and Robin. Really loved listening to what you've had to say and really, really powerful words. And I think that's really going to be incredibly helpful for the graduates that are going to be commencing next year in the nursing and midwifery profession. So I'm curious to hear um if you had any advice to give to yourself before starting the graduate year, last year when you were students, what, what do you wish you knew before commencing?
3: I'll go first. Sure. <laughs> um I would tell myself this is going to be the hardest year ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's going to be okay and you're going to get through it. <laughs> no, I think you know, if I could go back and talk to myself, I would probably try and encourage myself to have a few more hobbies in place. I don't think like people talk about this enough, but, you know, like when you go, when you're a student, you know, you have, you have uni, you have your part-time job, you have, you know, your hobbies, your social life, you just have like all of these different things going on. I feel like at university life is so crazy. Like, You know, you have to keep in touch with, you know, your family. If you've moved out of home, you might be travelling to see them. You've got a few jobs to pay for rent and all of that stuff because obviously we all know that student student life isn't easy. But, yeah, I think, like, having had all of those, like, reasons, like, having had all of those responsibilities and things going on in my life and things I had to organise and then stepping from the student life to the registered nurse you know my sole purpose this year is to just to complete my graduate and it's something I've really struggled to grasp is that you know I am I am fulfilling my purpose right now I am doing what I'm doing but it's really hard because it's really hard to understand that because I just go from work to home and home to work sort of thing and so I think you know definitely having some hobbies in place you know so that you have those things to look forward to and enjoy when you When you finish your work day, I think that's really important.
2: Yeah. Yeah, great to hear that, Robin. And I think what you said there is really crucial in that striking that work life balance where we're still having interest outside of work so that we're feeling like we're not. Our, our whole life isn't centered around work and 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 trying to maintain that even though that can, can be really really hard because the grad year can be so all consuming as you said, and sometimes you feel like you're just going from yeah. work to home and home to work but um maintaining that is is really important.
3: I think another thing even in that is like you're allowed to fall off the bandwagon you know like you're allowed to have those few months or you know a few weeks where you know you stop going to the gym, you stop cooking meals like Mm. you're you know like allowing yourself to feel that like feel the emotion that you're feeling you're going through and you know like allowing yourself to not be able to do everything is also really important you can't expect yourself to be good at everything at once sort of thing Mm. and like you know if if all you have the energy for is work a shower and like a nap then that is okay that is enough that's all you have to do in that day
2: sort of thing Mm. and I think that ties in with what we were talking about before around perfectionism and not putting too much pressure on ourselves to try to tick all the boxes because there absolutely will be some days or some weeks when you know you're going through a lot you're really tired you' you' you're learning and you might yeah. just be able to do the basics and that's okay too and and letting exactly. ourselves off the hook.
3: Mm. yeah, and like still understanding that you know you're you're learning every single day like you as a student, like you go on your four- week placement and you're so exhausted because every day for those four weeks you have been just pounded with information like it's just all going in and all going in. but and you know like even though we're registered now we're still grads like we're babies in the industry, we're novices. We've we're still going through that period and it may not be as intense, but still understanding that, you know, our brains are learning and that is an exhausting thing in itself <laughs> to um, you know, just continuously be having new information coming in. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Very good point. And, Francis, love to hear from you. Is there anything you'd like to add on to what Robin has said and anything that you would have liked to have known for yourself before you started the grad year or anything else important to impart?
1: There will be hiccups that I would say to myself. So, just let go of your fears and enjoy the program. You can see it is a great program for you. That's how I was going to say to myself. I am enjoying my program, especially this last rotation. And that's my advice to those final year students or even undergraduate year um, students uh, who are still, you know, uh, listening, who are listening to us today, also find a mentor. Like, I think that really have helped me get through not just my undergraduate nursing, but as well as, you know, this graduate program. I had a great mentor and she, I met her at university and, you know, she would, she can talk to me about, i mean i can talk to her about anything really and about my mental health for example like oh it's really you know it's really stressing me out and um and she would she would help me because she's been through that and i think this is this is a great opportunity as well to open up to a same level you know what i mean like we were both nursing students. She's, she was ahead of me, um, one year ahead of me, and I was in my final year. And I was so stressed in my final year. And then uh, here she is. She's like, "You got this. You know, you, you know, you have all the you have all the tools and resources for you to be able to have a successful graduate program. So don't doubt yourself and let go of that fear of you know, oh, I can't do this. You know, I'm I'm having trouble." looking at myself that I will be a good nurse. You are a good nurse. You are going to be a good nurse. And it's a matter of how you're going to build that confidence and learn. It's like a, you're like a sponge when you go to a, you know, when you go to a, your first rotation or your second rotation, how many rotations you're going to. So um, you're just like a sponge. You just come in a, a white paper, and you just have to to write everything up and you know learn as much as you can i think that's that's what i would say to myself like just be an open book don't and i'm not saying that i came to the rotations like i've I've learned everything but um you know i'm still learning and so i'm going back to the mentorship where i have mentioned because there is a great evidence of an effective um clinical supervision and i'm Talking about like um, when you when you go into your um, rotation, and I know I'm not sure if others have been doing it, but in this rotation that I'm doing, I have a a clinical supervisor where we sort of like debrief and talk about like my day, for example, or my challenges in the ward. So it could be my patients, could be my colleagues, and these are clinical supervisors who are not in the ward who used to work in the in the the unit or in the ward, but they no longer work there, but they're from the education team. And I think that is a great resource. And if there is none, maybe like ask um, someone in in the graduate program, if there is someone who could, you know, supervise you to talk about these things aside from, because it can be biased sometimes. When you work in the ward and say, I have some challenges, I have some issues, I have problems. And you, you talk to your nurses and then, they're going to say, "All right, you know, we will support you." That that is, you know, um, or on the other hand, they will say, uh, you know, you just got to suck it up and you know, just just move on with, with that." This it's just not a it's not an important comment or it's not an important you know event. So I think with a clinical supervision is someone who is out in that environment, outside from that environment, and they can talk to you about what challenges you're going through and they can see it in a way that and guide you in a way that is not biased if that makes any sense because if you are in this environment where you are um, become you know really had a good connection with your with the nurses that you're working with or even your manager it can sometimes be biased.
2: I think you've made some amazing points there and you've got some really resourceful strategies for helping yourself through the graduate year and and having a mentor or seeking out a mentor is a really, really valuable resource that um, – we encourage people to seek out because it it gives you that, you know, someone who's had some lived experience and has been through what you're about to go through and can really encourage and support you. And clinical supervision, some people might not know what clinical supervision is. So we'll pop a couple of resources in the in the notes about that. But any nurse or midwife in Australia can access clinical supervision. You do have to pay for it. It is a tax deductible expense, but basically, that allows you to speak about any anything that's going on at work that's impacting you, and you know, unpacking and debriefing it with someone who's who's been trained in that in that area, and we'll pop a resource in about how people can access uh, supervision if they wish. But really, really great to hear that you've been yeah so incredibly resourceful for finding ways to to help um, support yourself through this time. So I'm also curious to hear from both of you about um, what you've done in terms of your self-care or what, what what's helped you look after your health and well-being through the graduate year. Just just even a, a couple of sort of top tips or a couple of things that you found to be most beneficial. Maybe you could start, Robin.
3: Yeah, sure. um, I've just made sure that I haven't lost my connection with friends. There definitely have been a few friends that sort of like you know, I haven't spoken to as much and I used to really rely on them, but like just making sure that I, you know, check in every few months and, you know, be able to get their support again and sort of just like catching up on life and yeah, like even just going for a quick coffee with them can be really helpful just to sort of like regroup and uh, settle in. Also, Going for walks. I like going for walks. I think walking's great. And I've sporadically gone to the gym this year. As I said, you know, it's okay to fall off the bandwagon. But um yeah, I like just going to the gym, like having that kind of energy outlet that allows you to, you know, release that those emotions, those feelings. Yeah, definitely just a few little things there. So friends, gym, like walking. just making sure you get enough sleep like listening to your body so you know like if you feel like you can't go to that social event because you've just had the biggest day at work just say like i'm sorry like i can't attend like i need i need me time like realizing when you know you need that sort of self-care time of just being by yourself whether that be watching netflix scrolling through tiktok reading a book just listening to a podcast or you know some music while you just chill out. I think that's really important. And um like also understanding when you need to refresh as well. Like like whether you're that means like cleaning all of your space, like rearranging something or just yeah. Like you know, getting out into a different environment as well. Just um being able to acknowledge those things. And I guess another form of self care is um speaking up, you know, like having the having the ability to sort of say, actually I'm not okay. And then going to your preceptor, your manager, um, or your educators about that and just saying, hey, is there any chance that you know I can have have the next day off just so that I can refresh and like re-regroup because I don't think I'm providing my best patient centered care at the moment. And, yeah, definitely just try to check in with yourself. I think those are all really important forms of Mm self-care.
2: Yeah, really good to hear. It sounds like you've really thought about what's worked for you and put some some good self-care processes in place. And I think knowing your limits and boundaries around what where you're at on any given day mentally, emotionally, and how that's impacting your work with patients and and letting people know how you are and seeking support. Mm. And that's really great. And and keeping physically active is is another really important element that, you know, incorporating it even if it's just 10 minutes a day can be can be really great. So thanks for sharing yes, Robin.
3: Definitely. I, I really like what you said with limitations and boundaries. I think that you know, even before going into your patient's room after handover, like just checking in with yourself and being like, okay, like, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel about the day that's coming ahead? Just those little things. And like, if you do have a patient who, you know, might remind you of a family member or might remind you of another um, patient you looked after and was quite distressing for you just like acknowledging that and then being able to go and speak up about that as well and like Mm. setting that boundary of like i actually don't think i can provide the best care for this patient is it possible to have someone else do Mm. that
2: Mm. yeah yeah those regular check-ins are so important you can and you can always be doing that um consistently with yourself through the working day so really really great great tip and how about you francis what would be some couple of uh Sort of top tips that you would share about what's helped you with your with your self care over this year.
1: I would say go out, get out of the house, um, do something outside. I am I'm a person of our, like I I like I enjoyed going out, and I just love going out. That's it. Like I just have to like you know meet with your friends outside, even just a simple like afternoon walk for example, and just have you know reconnecting with your friends again because sometimes when we are in this program we'll be thinking it is consuming us it's consuming our time and our life but nursing in the general scope doesn't define us i i am a person who loves say for example um you know drawing or singing or performing you know do something that you are passionate about aside from nursing go for that goal and because everything else will, will come into place, I, I can assure you that there's a lot of resources where you, in this in this nursing program, where the, you know, the organization you'll be working with or outside of that, um, there are a lot of resources for you to be successful. And it is sometimes we think, oh, okay, I'm forgetting who I am now. I'm being so like nursing career, um, what do you call that? Like, um, oriented person so don't forget about yourself you know you are there are things that you are going to to do outside from work and also definitely like look after yourself like sleeping is very important nutrition is also good is important exercise probably is the best tip i would say like you do whatever you exercise exercise that you could do yourself i practice yoga and that helps me um, grounded helps me you know re- it just helped me reset myself. And, you know, by practicing, say, for example, meditation or yoga, it really is a refreshing exercise for my mind and for my feelings and emotions so that I can give out again the the best I can be.
2: Mm. And how do you incorporate that into your routine? So do you you sort of A plan ahead and think about when you'll do it or is it just when you have the time when you're feeling i'm just curious to know how you how you implement that into your week that best works for you
1: that is a very good question because um we work in you know we work on shifts and it is very hard to to put it in there so i do have like um different activities that i enjoyed and i will just pick out like what i'd like to do for example this week i have um you know i have yoga um, exercise for example or practice and then i'll just say well it's going to be this day i'm not going to be working this day or i'll be working but it has to be morning shift so i will request that i will request uh, a day off for example and i think that is important because it is it is your time and or any event anyway in in reality you know in anything really you need to have a, a request off just to to set a day for yourself. You don't have to do anything. You don't need to do specifically. I'm I'm more of a, like a random kind of a person. Sometimes like I just like go out and I will just like find things that would interest me and I would talk to that person. And from there I would have a connection and then talk about other things. And I don't really have a particular routine. I am not that kind of person. Like some people it works for them. But that doesn't work for me, especially with my uh, working shifts. So I just like have. I just prepared like activities that I would enjoy and I would say, right, I will go and do that next week or I will go and do that
2: um, tomorrow
1: and make sure that you have allocated day for yourself. So that's, that's me.
2: Mm. And I think what you're saying there is it's important to have flexibility, particularly when you're doing shift work, because your your hours are always changing. So you're fitting it in when you can and 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 everyone will have a different idea about what's what what works best for them. And it's great to hear that for you it's maybe a little more spontaneous or a little more random. But as long as you are engaging in those activities and you're 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 having your self-care time, that's the most important thing. So really good to hear from you in regards to that. And I think what you've what you've both covered is some of the very fundamental elements of self-care like sleep. Sleep is really pivotal, exercise, uh, healthy eating, and then social time and having having interests outside of work so that work doesn't become your whole life. And we've got lots of great resources on our uh, website in regards to all of those different topics. So, people want to explore that further, they can. Um, but re- really fantastic to hear that. So, thank you from both of you. And I guess just... um the, the last question for me is, um, is there anything else that you you would like, either of you would like to share, just find some final words about how you might be able to, uh, what could assist graduates in their graduate year to have a, a, a really positive experience?
1: Well, I think since this is a, uh, a graduate program, I would I would recommend that, you know, those, you know, whoever, you know, graded a program, they, it would have been better if they would, Uh, consulted us as well and how the program it would look like for us it's as what I mentioned earlier this is not like a one-size-fits-all and I think it would be good as well where say for example I will be finishing up my graduate program and next year would be my second year as a registered nurse I think it's a good program if they could have like, like a mentorship program for example where we mentored those um, newly graduates and say you know this is what I have been through last year and this is what I find um, helpful and successful I have not seen that too I don't know if that is in Melbourne but here in rural health I have not seen that kind of uh, program so I think that is that would be grateful and helpful as well like because Mm -hmm. a a graduate I mean like nursing is really an ongoing you know profession it's not just like you learn it in 12 months that's it for you like it's it's an ongoing process i'd say so i think that would be good if there is a program something to be created like that
2: Mm. some sort of evaluation feedback that you can give at the end so that in future graduate programs are more tailored to specifically what people are needing great okay and how about you robin so my advice
3: to new grads coming in, um, I think I'm just going to summarize everything I've sort of touched based on during during the chat. So, um, definitely making sure you've got supports in place. Like, you know, your people you can go to to debrief, asking the people if they have room for you, if they can hold the space for you to, you know, have that deep chat about whatever was going on on the shift or how the whole week was. Um yeah, just making sure you have those supports in place. Definitely, you know, allowing yourself to feel your emotions, like you, your feelings are valid, what you're going through is valid, like you're not and you're not the only one experiencing it. Um try and find if you can, like try and speak up and sort of like go and talk to your other peers, your grads, and just ask if anyone else is feeling the same way. Cause when you find someone that is feeling the same way, like it can make you feel not so alone in the emotions you're going through and the experiences that you're having at that time. Definitely try and try and have a hobby outside of work. Try and book something in that you can look forward to, whether it be like a gym class, yoga, pottery, painting, whatever tickles your fancy. Also just like having those like little, elements of self-care just throughout the week, whether it be like reading a book for 10 minutes or going on a half-hour walk after you finish your morning shift or um, having a slow morning before your p.m., just making sure you're looking after you and really in tune with your, with your body and what your body needs. If you need that sleep in, have that sleep in. Um, I think those things are really important. And just understanding that, you know, like this is going to be a really hard year and, Yeah, it will be a struggle. You will face a lot of challenges, but it's all worth it in the end. And every experience you have this year is going to make you a better nurse.
2: Yeah, great words of wisdom from both of you. And I think the students and graduates that are out there at the moment listening will will really benefit from what you've had to say and your experience. And you've obviously, you know, uh, through probably a lot of trial and error, really worked through and found ways to, to best support yourself. So it's great to hear what you've been through and what, what you found has most worked for you.
1: Thank you. So much. let me just add up as well, like make the most of your graduate um, year, because I don't think you're going to go back to this year again, the following year after that. So make the most out of it, learn as much as you can and definitely enjoy, enjoy it. Like I know it is easy for me to say, you know, let go of your fears because I wouldn't accept that when I was last year, I want to accept that, you know, tip or suggestion. But try to let it go and just enjoy it, like enjoy and trust the process. You, you'll be fine, definitely.
2: Yeah, that's great. And there's so much to be said about, you know, enjoying the process too because, yes, there are there are some stresses and there will be definitely difficult times and you'll feel, you know, tired and overwhelmed. But we also want to try to find that the pleasure and the joy in it too because that's a really important part of um, going through uh, an experience like this. So really, really great point to make.
0: Thanks very much, Francis, Robin. You've been wonderful guests. There's such rich information in there. And we really appreciate your time and you sharing your experience and your words of wisdom and putting yourselves out there in relation to vulnerabilities and enabling other graduates to benefit from your experience and your wisdom. That's a a really important thing to do. So thank you from us to you and thanks to Celeste for being such a great co-host.
2: Thanks a lot, Mark. Fantastic to be here. Really enjoyed it and really enjoyed hearing um, what Francis and Robin had to share and I think um, our listeners are, are really going to get a lot out of today's podcast.
3: I'd also like to say thank you. I think that, like, even this experience, being able to talk through my experiences has helped me to sort of have that debrief and sort of it's nice to just kind of reflect on the year that I've had so far, especially, like, you know, coming to the end of the year, it's nice to just sort of have that look back and say, hey, I've actually made it this far. So I want to thank you guys for that. And um, I might have a vulnerability hangover after this, but uh, (laughs) we'll be fine. We'll recover. (laughs)
0: Uh, good on you, Robin. Well, um, as we um, said earlier, we'll um, channel Brene Brown and um, and um, um, <laughs> and I know we're both fans of her work and we'll put some Brene Brown information in the show notes if you don't know who I'm talking about.
3: <laughs> Wonderful. An icon, a mentor. I <laughs> agree. <laughs> yes, thank you,
1: Mark and Celeste, for inviting me. And, you know, this is a great time for me as well. Robin mentioned, like, to to be able to reflect my grad year as well. Like, you know, it's, it's been great conversation to be able to be yourself and just, you know, you can be, you know, like, be able to express myself. So thank you so much for this time. And please don't include this in recording this part, because I'm just um, stuttering and um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Very much for this time. Thanks Francis. Well, that's it for
0: today's podcast, Support for Graduates. Remember, everybody, support is available whenever you need it. Nurse and midwife support, 1-800-667-877. The service is anonymous, confidential and free. And you can call us 24-7 no matter where you are in Australia. So look after yourselves and each other. Remember, your health matters and I'll speak to you next time.